Welcome to the Book Club interview. My name is Scott Hollister, your host. Today's guest is Rod Cleef, author of How to Create Lifetime Cashflow Through Multifamily Properties, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. Rod is a multiple business owner and philanthropist who is passionate about real estate, business, and giving back. As one of the country's top business, real estate, and peak performance luminaries, Rod has owned over 2,000 homes and apartment buildings and has built over 22 businesses in his 40-year business career, several of which have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Rod Cleef soared from humble beginnings as a young, impoverished Dutch immigrant to incredible success. Cleef's experience involves both remarkable triumphs and spectacular failures, which he affectionately calls seminars. Rod will explain the mindset required to recover from losing $50 million in the crash of 08 to success he enjoys today. Rod brings incredible authenticity and his insight to his approach to real estate, business, success, and life. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Rod. How are you doing today? Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. It was painful to hear all that all that history, though. I will say that. 2,000 houses. What kind of a moron would do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> a crazy one, right? <laughs> right. That's good, though. Well, it sounds like you uh, bounced back uh, well. Yes. And you, you took those seminars and applied in today's business. So I, I love to yeah. dive life into is it. About, life is about seminars, setbacks, failures. Uh, they're all learning yeah. experiences unless you don't unless unless you don't learn and grow from them, then they're truly failures. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good that's a good positive approach. And, you know, I think that's that's one of the, the key successes in life. If, if you can just go from failure to failure and, and keep your head up. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, I'm a member of a high dollar mastermind for digital marketers and I got to meet Sarah Blakely, the billionaire owner of Spanx. And uh, she she told me that her dad always asked her almost on a daily basis, what have you failed at today? And I thought, man, what an incredible question to ask your child to, to push them to push forward. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm excited to be on the show, buddy. And, and thanks for highlighting my book. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, and let's dive right into it. So let's talk about your first date, as you call it, with real estate. So you started real estate school at 17? Yeah. Well, let me give you a little background. Um, so I I immigrated to this country from Holland when I was six years old with my brother Albert and my mother Zvancha. Came across on a big ship and ended up in Denver, Colorado, and where I lived for the next 30 years. And yeah, we didn't have much money. Uh, we uh, I had to wear clothes from the Goodwill and you know, we we had to buy expired food and powdered milk because that's all we could afford. Um, and, uh, you know, I know other people had it a lot harder than I did, but I knew I wanted more than that. And, you know, my mom had an incredible work ethic. She babysat kids so that we'd have enough money to eat. And uh, with her babysitting money, she bought the house across the street uh, when I was about 14 for $30,000. And then when I was 17, she told me it had gone up $20,000 while she slept. I'm like, man, I'm getting into real estate. So this was right before I graduated from high school. So I got my broker's license. Uh, back then you could get, you know, there's, there's an, a real estate agent, there's a real estate broker. And typically you have to have experience to become a broker. But back then you could do it with education. So right when I turned 18, I became a broker. And I was going to get rich in real estate. And, of course, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I made very little money my first year, maybe about eight grand and maybe about 10 grand my second year. But then my third year, I made well over 100,000. And so what happened between year two and year three? Well, what happened was I started working for a guy, his name was Gino, and he taught me about mindset and the importance of your psychology or your mindset 
Um, and that really that 80 to 90 percent of your success in anything is your mindset and, and how you approach things and how you push through fear and how you how you react to setbacks and seminars. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, you know, it, that that that's kind of uh, my progression into real estate. And then I started buying houses. Uh, and as you mentioned, I've owned over 2000 houses that I've rented long term, multiple apartment buildings in three states. Um, you know, and fast forward to 2006 and 2006, you know, I tell the story about my mom making 20,000 in her sleep in 2006, my net worth for my real estate went up $17 million in one year. And, uh, you know, it sounds real great and all that. And of course, of course I got a huge head. You do the math on it. It's about $8,000 an hour. Of course I did that. Um, but that, but you know, when you get a big head, God or the universe or whatever you believe, uh, you know, it's very good at smacking you down to reality. And that for me was 2008. And I got my butt handed to me in 2008, uh, lost everything. Um, I call it my, it was my largest seminar. It was a $50 million seminar. And, and what I discovered through that process, which is why I wrote the book and why the subtitle of the book is the new rules of real estate investing. What I discovered was I was focused on value. I was focused on the value of my real estate instead of the, uh, instead of its ability to cash flow, And, and that's why I got my butt handed to me. Um, and so effectively, my definition of the new rules of real estate is you must focus on cash flow, not value. Value is out the window. You know, I have coaching students and clients and, you know, people at my live events that come up to me and say, hey, I got this deal. It, it, it sold for three million five years ago and I can get it for one point two. And I and I look at them. I say I could care less what it sold for. How's the cash flow? What's your you know what's your debt service coverage ratio? What's the property's ability to service the debt? You know, um, uh, and and that's what's relevant today. But um, so so you know that's the lesson I got, which is why I started my podcast um, and and wrote this book was just to give other people that message that you know and this that the new rules really are. Focus on cash flow. Focus on your property's ability to 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 to, to manage through a, another contraction because we're gonna we're heading into another contraction. Real estate goes in cycles. We're heading into another contraction. So you've got to, you know, if you're evaluating a property, you have to stress test it. You have to see, you know, if there's a pullback, will it survive? But I will tell you, I think the bigger message that I'd like to give your listeners. Um, as it relates to this book, I, I spend a chapter on it. I probably should have spent more time on it. But like you said, I'm such a big proponent for the psychology of success. Um, if you'll humor me, let me tell you a little bit about how I recovered from losing $50 million and, and the mindset that, that it required. Um, if you'd like, I can expand on that. Of course. Okay. All right. So... Let me tell you a story, um, and I'm going to give you some examples from my own life. Um, they may appear like I'm bragging, but I'm not. But all I can do is share my own story because that's my story. That's all I've got. But I want to I want to talk to you about the power of goals and goal setting, and utilizing visualization to manifest those goals into your life because I did it in my life I didn't realize what I was doing so let me give you let me give you some examples let, let me first let me tell you about my goal setting process because it's a little different than than most people have heard I know you experienced it at my live event so you're familiar with it but let me share it with your listeners because I think it'll add value um, 
So what I recommend people do, and this is what I have my coaching clients go through and people at my live events, is, is, to, is to do, is to sit down for an hour and make sure they're in a high energy state and write down everything they could ever possibly want in life. And of course the stuff, the houses, the boats, the cars, the planes, the jet skis, the motorcycles, all the stuff, that's the normal stuff that gets written on a goal list. The financial goals, how much money do I wanna make a month, how much money do I want in the bank, you know, I want houses all over the world, the, the yachts, the jets, whatever. You know, take the lid off your brain when you do this and imagine that if you write it down, you'll get it because it's not outside the realm of reality. Um, and I will tell you, um, Start just the process of writing down what it is you want triggers something called your reticular activating system, which is that filter in your brain that filters out what it thinks is important to you. And so, just the physical act of writing it down does that. In fact, an example of the of the reticular activating system is, um, you know, when you buy a car, you never really notice them, and then when you buy one, you see them everywhere. And they were there before. It's just your brain didn't didn't filter them into your conscious. So. Uh, that process is very powerful, uh, and you know it's maybe maybe you've heard the story. Uh, they did a study in Yale back in the 50s where they asked the entire graduating class how many had written down their goals, and about three percent had actually physically written them down. They revisited that class in the 70s, 20 years later, and the people that were still alive, they discovered that the three percent that had written their goals were happier, healthier, and worth more than the rest of the class combined. So that's the power of writing your goals down. So back to my process. You, you sit down, you write down everything you could ever possibly want in life, okay? Um, the stuff. But then you also incorporate what you want to learn. Uh, you know, me, I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. I, I want to learn how to play the drums. I got a drum set. I'm getting started on that. You know, what do you want to learn? Write that down. Then write down who you want to help. You know, what are you going to stand for that's bigger than you, okay? It's not just the stuff. It's how are you going to contribute to your family, to the community, to the world in general. What are you going to stand for? What's your mission and purpose in life going to be? You write that stuff down. So this is everything you want to do, be, or have. Then once, and, and those of you that are analytical, as you're going through this, don't analyze. Just write down until you can't think of another thing. You can always scratch it out later. Then as soon as you're done writing everything down, it's not a goal until it's measurable. So put a time limit on each goal. Put a number as to how many years it's going to take you to achieve each goal next to the goal. Uh, you're like a one, a three, a five, a 10, or a 20. Um, and, and don't overthink that either. Just do your best guess. But remember one thing. As human beings, we will overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and massively underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. You know, uh, back when I was living in Denver, um, you know, I always wanted to live on the beach and, you know, never imagined that I would live in an $8 million mansion on the beach and, and it was inconceivable. So take, when you're doing this process, take the lid off your brain and, and just pretend if you write it down, you're going to get it because it truly does start the process. Once you've put a time limit on each goal, then I suggest the next step, and there's just two or three more steps. I'm almost done with this. But the, the next step is um, pick your top goal, your juiciest goal, the one that excites you the most. And if you've got three or four, just pull one, pull one of them, put it on a separate sheet of paper. Then pick your top three one-year goals. Put those on a separate sheet of paper. Then, this, this, again, most people don't even go this far, but you're already further than most people at this point. But then, then 
what's critical is the goal itself will never drive you. It's your reason why you want those goals that'll drive you. So take the time to write a paragraph for each goal, why it's an absolute must for you to achieve it. So I can show my family what success looks like. So I can do whatever I want, wherever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, so that I can help my parents or my brother, my sister, whatever. So whatever it is that's gonna push you, your why, clearly articulate it with powerful language, powerful words. Words are incredibly powerful, utilize them, okay? Then take it one little step further and put some pain in there. Um, you know, if I don't achieve this goal, I'll feel like a failure. I'll feel like I, I failed in life. I'll, I'll fail my family. Make it painful because as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. So use that pain to push you as well. Then, once you've got your whys written down, the last step is you must get pictures. You must get pictures of your goals. So let me share my story, because before I ever knew any of this technology, this psychology of success business, I was doing this not even realizing what I was doing. So when I got my real estate license, when I was 18, you know, I thought to be a realtor, I had to have a four-door car. So I got this four-door Granada, the silver Granada, ugliest thing you've ever saw in your life. <laughs> and uh, but I, I worked for a guy that had a Corvette, and he um, uh, let me drive it. And that, that's a critical piece. You want to ex you want to be experiential with your goals. So if you know if you want a house, go visit houses. If you want a car, go sit in the car, test drive it. You know whatever it is you want, experience it because that associates your brain and and, and makes that reticular activating process and that manifestation process even stronger. So he let me drive that Corvette. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine. They didn't have the internet back then. Got a picture of this Corvette and I taped it to the visor of this Granada. Within two years, I had a beautiful burgundy Corvette. And then uh, I'm gonna continue to tell my story with examples here. And again, this is not me bragging. This is just me using this as an example, hopefully to inspire some of your listeners. But so, Back then was the TV show Magnum P.I. And uh, the actor's name was Tom Selleck and he drove this awesome red Ferrari 308. And I thought that was then the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So I got a picture of that actual car out of a magazine and put it on the visor of my Corvette. A couple years later I had a Maserati look just like that Ferrari from the front. Um, uh, and uh, my last story, car, and they're all car stories, I love cars. <laughs> um, my last story, is I, I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini, okay? I uh, you know, I had posters, little Lamborghinis in my bedroom when I was young with the bikinis and all that. You know, that's me. I, I was that guy. And I, I even, in fact, if I'd have thought about it, I would have grabbed my model out of one of my other. I live in a compound now and I've got another building that's got all my books and memorabilia and stuff. And I've got a model. My son collected uh, models of exotic cars. Okay, He had about 30 of them. And I've got the model. He had the model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which is ironic because he actually – and he used to lay – I, I made the mistake of telling him when he was nine years old that I was thinking about getting one. And he said he used to lay in bed visualizing me taking him to school in it. So he was manifesting it as well. So, um, so anyway, this stuff works, guys. In fact, I'll show you something else here. You, I know that you're doing this on iTunes and the people who are listening can't see this, but I don't know if you're going to post this on YouTube or not. But I use a paper planner. This is my planner. It's right here on my desk. I'm using it. In the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for about 19 years, okay? The first pictures of my gratitude pictures of my children, okay? Um, because everything starts from a place of gratitude. 
Um, and then after that, I've got the things that I wanted, the house on the beach that I got. I built that. You know, now I live in a, in a beautiful compound uh, that that uh, that looks out over. You can see the house across the water. Actually, it's ironic. Um, and then, you know, the 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 other stuff, I, like I've got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches, things that don't matter to me anymore. The Lamborghini. This is before I got the Lamborghini. OK, there's a picture of the Lamborghini, the Rolls Royce, all the stuff that I got because I had pictures. Okay, this stuff works, guys. So get pictures of the things that you want. If I could show you with my camera around here the pictures of the things that are important to me now. And you can see behind me, maybe you can see it, maybe you can't. I've got vision boards there. There you go. Vision boards there of the things that, that that's you know that I manifest now. Oh no, it's facing the wrong way. You can see them on the corner there. Yeah, those are my mm -hmm. vision boards. So this stuff works, my friends. This is not foo-foo, okay? And and so I can teach you all about the real estate mechanics. I'm real good at that. Um, but I will tell you, if you don't get your mindset right, you don't get your psychology right, you don't realize what it is you want, and more importantly, why you want it, you're never going to take action. You're never going to push through you know, any limiting beliefs and fear that you have. And that's why you know, I spend so much time explaining this <laughs> to your listeners. So anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. But, but I, hope, I, hope, I hope I've inspired some of your listeners to, to do that process because it's very, very powerful to take action. That's a very inspiring story. And I think, I believe wholeheartedly, if, if you don't have that mindset and you can't tell yourself you can, you know, you're going to put up a wall and it's, it's almost impossible to get past that wall. Um, right. I have, you had something interesting that you said that as you were flipping through, I, I love the gratitude first. I saw a bunch of the family photos. It's amazing. Yeah, and then I've, it, got, you know, I've got a vision board, the vision board yep. here. Behind me is a gratitude vision board. Um, let me hang on. Yeah, see, this is my gratitude vision board. Okay, Amazing. that's the first yep. vision board. And I, now I've got vision boards for everything that I want. There's my my jet one, and I've, I mean I've got one for helping children in third world countries. Um, you know this this so this stuff works. I mean I sit every morning for a few minutes. And I meditate and I look at my vision boards. And, and by the way, the key here, guys, is to when you visualize is to visualize with gratitude as if you already have what it is you want. OK, I do a little morning ritual where I sit for it takes two or three minutes. You can do it in bed. You can do it in a chair. I do it in this recliner behind me here. But I I'm grateful for for what the things that I have in my life, my, my beautiful wife, my, my, my children, my coaching students, my foundation, all these things that are important to me. Then I'm grateful for the things that I want as if I already have them. Sometimes I'll even get emotional when I'm thinking about these things. That works. That gratitude is foundational to manifest these things in your life. So anyway. So where did that shift come in? You, you said, you know, you, now it's those things don't really matter as much. So was there a okay, point good, in your great life? Great question. Great question. Great question. So I'll give you one more example of manifesting. And I, I alluded to it a minute ago. So, you know, I lived in Denver and I always wanted to live on the beach and there's no beach in Denver. So I ended up buying a property here in Sarasota, Florida, and I built this $8 million, three-story, magnificent mansion, this testament to my ego because I was all focused on Rod. I mean, this place was incredible. I mean, I had a fish tank on the second floor that cost me $150,000. It circled around the staircase. I had a waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. I mean, I could push a button and, and all the hurricane shutters came down. I mean, 
$200,000 worth of hurricane shutters. I mean, I go on and on, wine cellar, elevator, uh, 80 feet of glass that was 10 foot high and butted together. It was almost like you were living on the bay. Um, and again, on and on. I just a spectacular home. And I had wanted that house my whole life, okay? I had, man I had visualized living on the beach. I'd visualized palm trees, you know, um, and... I built this house and about two months after I'm done, I'm floating in the pool. I'm in this pool in the backyard. It's nighttime and this pool had fiber optic lighting. It changed colors at night and I'm looking up at this giant, magnificent home. I mean, there was like 2,500 square feet of balconies and just spectacular. Anyway, so I'm, I'm floating and I'm looking up at this place and I got depressed. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I've, I've accomplished this magnificent goal that I've wanted my whole life. And I'm depressed. I mean, I'm really bummed out. And when I look back on it, I realized there were two things happening. One was you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You must have a vision for the future. If, you know, when they, when you interview depressed people or people that are regularly depressed, they do not have a clear vision of the future. And, um, so that's one, that was one thing that was going on. And so I read, I redid my goals and that helped with all that. But there was a second thing going on and that was, I was totally focused on Rod. And, you know, I, I had to prove to the world I was good enough. I had to prove to the world that, that, that I mattered. And that was my way of doing it through, you know, trying to achieve magnificent success. But I luckily I got exposed to Tony Robbins and I went to one of his events. This is almost 20 years ago. And he Tony feeds families for the holidays. He's fed millions now. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I went after his event. Uh, my brother and I, we went and fed five families and the third family changed my life. I, I went up to this this house and it was one of these old shotgun houses. And what I mean by that is 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 you you walk in the into the living room, then you walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom off it. And this lady lived there with her five kids in this one bedroom. And uh, she came out of the house, saw the and I had these big box of food with a turkey and everything else. She came out, she started crying. Then her kids came out, most of them started crying. Then I started crying and I was hooked. And now I'm blessed to say in the last 18 years, we've fed somewhere between 60 and 70,000 children for the holidays through my foundation, the Tiny Hands Foundation. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies uh, to local children that don't have the basic school supplies. I've done thousands and thousands of teddy bears to the local police departments for their officers to, to, um, to give children that are, you know, to comfort them when they're in distress. In fact, it was, it was really made me feel good. We just had a child that was discovered walking down the highway here uh, and for about five hours, they didn't know who its parents were. And they showed a picture of the child that had one of our bears in its hands that the officer had given it. So that made me feel really good. That was real uh, validation for what we're doing. But but that has been my greatest joy. And so I, I invite your listeners, those of you that want success. I know you're all driven by financial success. If you don't incorporate some version of giving back into your life, it's not success. I mean, I've interviewed people. I know people that are gazillionaires and, and billionaires even that aren't happy because they're totally focused on themselves. They're not focused on giving back and, 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 and contributing. And that's not a life. 
you want a life, you incorporate giving back. Even if you don't have the, the, the level of financial success that you think is important right now, you don't have to do anything on the scale that I just mentioned. I don't care if you just you know, help an old person or decide to adopt a family for the holidays to buy them gifts or just do something that you can handle. Um, that That's what adds a richness to your life. And that's what was missing for me. And that's when I had the epiphany. And now my whole life is centered around giving back, uh, giving back to my students, uh, giving back to the community. Um, and, you know, you know, you hear the old adage, what you give comes back. I'm here to tell you it comes back tenfold on every single aspect. Financially, you give love, you get 10 times the love back. You give happiness, you get that back. You educate, you become educated in the process. Whatever it is that you give, you get back. And you're going to find that out. Scott, with what you're doing here, that the rewards for you are exponential compared to the value you're adding. So it's just it's just a universal law or a spiritual law or whatever it is you believe. Yeah. So well, that's that's why I made the shift. Well, I think it's important to note that you started out with just five families. You you know you don't have to do it on the scale that you're at now, but what was really important is that you started. You know. Yeah. I think- you know, I, I I doubled it every year. Actually, no, I think, no, the next year I did 50, but then I doubled it, 50, 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, and I paid for it all through that point. And then it was 2008, and I ran out of money, and I started taking donations. But uh, but it's it's been it's been very, very rewarding, and and like I said, to see that child on the cover of the news with our bear in its hands comforting it, um, you know, really resonated and to see the gratitude when you do things for people, you know, it's really, uh, really amazing. Oh, it is. Definitely. I think that's, like you said, that's true success. You, and I think it's important to hear from someone who's gone through what you have gone through and, and learn the valuable lessons. And that's an important thing of reading. And that's why I started the book club. It's, you know, you for just, you know, 15, 20 bucks, you can get inside the head of someone successful, learn from them, and hopefully avoid some mistakes along the way. Well, or for free. My book's free right now. I mean, it's still free as a PDF. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to buy a few thousand copies and I'm going to just give it to people if they pay for the shipping and handling. So that's coming in the next 30 days. But, you know, if you want a physical copy, but if you want it for free, they can just text ROD ROD to 41411 and get a free copy of this thing. So, you know, it'll be $24.95 on Amazon here soon, but, but, I mean, it's like a textbook for this business. There's no fluff in here. And I will tell you that I just did an incredible companion course that goes with this for free. It's all videos and documents and everything else. They, when, they, when they get the book, they have access to all this free content. That, and the, and, the, and the, the, the videos correlate to the chapters in the book. So it's kind of like a, a companion course to the book. I just finished that. I'm really excited about that. So they'll, you'll get that as well when you get it so great to hear yeah you, you can't be free yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right so is that was that part of the recovery so from 2008 losing the the 50 million dollars of real estate um did you find mm-hmm. success shortly after and then did you write this you know new rules of real estate to, to kind of help others yeah well i i wrote the book um because i wanted you know if i wanted people to know that if you're going to invest in real estate long term hold real estate not not flipping or wholesaling or any of that stuff but if you're going to buy and and hold don't do single family do multifamily it's easier it's faster you you ramp faster it's easier to manage it's more logistically feasible um and and you just get further faster it's it's really kind of a no-brainer and you know the reason i came to this realization is when the market crashed 
my apartment complexes were doing fine. Sure, there was a pullback, but they would have survived. Of course, cross-collateralized them with the houses. So when the houses went down, the apartments went down too. But if I hadn't done that, I'd still own those apartment complexes. So the point is, that's what I came to the realization. If I had just done apartments, I would, you know, I'd be on the back of my yacht right now, okay? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm fine. I'm doing great. I live in a magnificent seven building compound on the water. It's just spectacular. It's it's nicer than the house I had on the beach. But, but you know, that was the lesson is that, you know, if I'd have been focused on the cash flow and, and divested myself of the single family assets and focused on the multifamily, I would have survived any crash. And so, um, you know, that's that's what I that's the message I wanted to get out there. Now, listen, can you buy a few houses cash flow and, and do OK? Yes. But if you're going to do it at scale like I did, it's stupid. It's just stupid. I mean, I had 800 houses, two hours that direction, two hours that direction, everywhere in between. OK, north and south. I'm pointing you. Your listeners can't see me pointing. But the point is, that's logistically unfeasible. OK, if you now if you've got a handful of houses within 15 minutes of each other, you can make that work. But I still don't recommend it. it. It's just easier to do multifamily. So, you know, and and uh, for your listeners, if anybody wants to learn multifamily, I do live events. They're like you went to one, Scott, and they're very reasonable. Hell, tickets are as little as two hundred bucks. It's just me training for three days. No outside speakers trying to sell anything. Uh, and and um, you know, I think uh, you can attest to the value that I added. Uh, and. And so, you know, if somebody's serious about this business, you can start with the book. It's free. I mean, can't beat the price. Uh, if you want a total immersion, then come check out, you know, one of my live events. I, uh, I'm, you know, I have them four times a year. So, and and to, to check those out, you can go to multifamilybootcamp.com. Good. Now, you, in the book, you talk about the four must-dos, since we're talking about, you know, speeding up and going mm -hmm. fast to success. So you talk about studying real estate is one, start kicking the tires on mm -hmm. deals, two, Pick your market to focus on and build a killer team. So let's pick apart each one. So what's your best advice on studying sure. real estate? Well, the, the well, I just gave you some tips. Yeah. I mean, you know, two hundred bucks to come see me for three days is 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 a pretty. I mean, let, all ego aside, does it's incredible value. Now, you, can you spend more to come? Yes, you can have dinner with me and lunch and stuff like that and pay more. But but you know. Uh, it, that's a great way to learn the business, but but you got the bottom line is you got to immerse yourself in it. Okay, so whether it's books, courses, tapes, you know, uh, uh, live events, whatever it is, immerse yourself in this. There's a lot of stuff online that you, you know, a lot of you can get free access to. My website, RodCleef.com's got three other books on it about this. They're all free. Tons of articles and videos and tons of free content. So there's a lot of that stuff online. But you've got to immerse yourself. So you start, you, you educate yourself, then you immerse yourself in the local, your local environment. Go to meetup groups, go to go to RIA, RIA meetings, Real Estate Investor Association meetings, and just meet like-minded people to get around people that are doing this. And so you educate yourself, and then you surround yourself with people that are doing it, people that will motivate you, inspire you, and empower you. And, and that's how you ramp this faster. So that's the first process. Then you kick the tires on deals. Absolutely. Even if you're in a hot market like L.A., you know you're not gonna likely going to buy one there, but you should still study it. You go look at deals. You go evaluate them financially. You run them through their paces so that you know you want to get to a point where you see a property, you can smell if it's a good deal. And that's only going to come from repetition. Uh, and, you know, I, I like to say repetition is the mother of skill. The more you do something, the better you're going to become. So – Educate yourself, books, courses, online, 
uh, live events, whatever it is. Um, I've got a kick-ass course too. If any, you know, you can check that out on my website if you want. It's very reasonable. But whatever it is, I don't care if you use me or not. But educate yourself. So that's that's the education. Kick the tires on deals. You must do that. You must, you know, get to a point where, like I say, you can your intuition can tell you if a deal's a deal, or at least a, a very a very big step in the right direction in that regard. I mean, I used to be able to just see an address on a property and know if it was a good deal when I was doing single family. I mean, you know, you get you just develop that intuition. Um, but um, and then what? I forgot what the other course. <laughs> and then moving into to markets. Yep. So, so how does someone yeah, pick a good so, market? So picking a market. Yep. So picking a market. So I talk about, I suggest considering one of four markets initially. And and this and I say considering. If 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 none of these apply, then then you've just got to go find a market that's got low hanging fruit. But the markets I say to consider first are first your backyard, obviously. I mean, if you can, if there are deals in your backyard, you want to buy there. You're going to have more control. You're going to be able to see, touch you know, see the, the, the property and, 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 you know, just, it's, it's a lot less intimidating to buy in your backyard than it is to buy a thousand miles away. Now, if your backyard is LA or Manhattan or something like that, then, then obviously that's not realistic. So then the second option would be somewhere. Maybe you spent some time, maybe you grew up there. Maybe you, um, went to school there. Um, you know, somewhere that, that you're, you're familiar with. So that would be option number two as a suggestion. Option number three would be somewhere you've got family or friends, somewhere you have boots on the ground where they can help you if you need to ask a quick question or have something checked out or, 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 you know, just to have a resource of someone that you trust locally. So that's option three. And then the fourth option would be somewhere you really enjoy visiting or would love to visit or possibly would even consider retiring. So those are the four options I would consider for markets to consider first. Now, if none of those apply, then you've just got to do your homework and try to find, you know, a, a decent market to invest in, um, you know, that still has, you know, reasonable cap rates where you can still make money, um, uh, opportunities to add value to properties. But then once you once you have determined that market, then the, then the, then you've got to make sure that it's an it's an emerging market, not a declining market. And what what you look at is you look at several things. You look at is population growing, income growing, businesses moving in, jobs moving in. You want those things to be increasing, not declining or flatlining. And there are several websites that you can check. I've got them in the book here, like places like bestplaces.net, uh, city-data.com, census.gov. But again, just grab the book. It's free and it's got all those resources in it. So, uh, And by the way, the companion course has a link library with all the links to all these things that I reference in the book. So it makes it very easy. Great. Now, what's your best advice on uh, incorporating a team around you and picking other people that have sure, strong? Sure, sure. Once you, once you pick a market, this is a team sport. Multi, this, you know, this is multifamily real estate, okay? Multifamily real estate is a team sport. It's not a go-it-alone sport. So you, you need to develop relationships with people in whatever market you're interested in. And the groups that you're going to be looking at are property managers because mm -hmm. nobody knows the rental market better than them. They know businesses that are moving in and out. They know, you know areas that are in the paths of progress, areas that might be gentrifying, that, are declined, that, are, that were declining but are moving up areas where you wouldn't want to pick up rents at night. You know, those are the kinds of things you can ask them. And I've got a list of questions in my book to ask them as well. Um, and then you want, you want multi real estate brokers. And, and I recommend you ask property managers who, you know, what brokers do you know that, 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 uh, 
um, sell the type and size of property that I'm interested in and, and, and get referrals. And then you ask the brokers, you know, who are the good property management companies? This is a referral process. That's how you're going to find the best people. Okay. Um, and then you're going to want to find a local real estate attorney that can help with contracts. You're going to want to find, you know, local contractors. You're going to want to talk to a local banker and, and not a national banker. I'm talking about a regional banker. All of these groups can make you money, okay? Especially property managers, brokers, and bankers. They can make you money and save you a ton of money. But you want to start these relationships over the phone if it's, if it's you know, not your backyard. Um, and focus on deep relationships. Don't focus on surface relationships. If you're going to get into multifamily real estate, it is a long game play. It is not a get-rich-quick thing. It is a become super wealthy over time thing. But you've got to put on your long game hat, okay? You've got to play this like you're going to be doing it the rest of your life because you are, and it's and it's fun and it's worth it. But but that's how you approach your relationships. You look for people you enjoy that you'd want to grow and work with, and you get to know them very very well. You find out how many kids they have, what their sports teams are. I mean, you want that depth of a relationship because they can make you a ton of money, and. And this is a relationship business. So that's how you build that team. And then, you know, if you're brand new to the space, you may want to align yourself with someone that's that owns some property that can act as a sponsor for you, meaning someone that can sign on debt. Because to get, you know, to get um, debt on a multi large multifamily property, they're going to look at three things. They're going to look at your net worth. It's got to be equal to the loan amount. They're going to look at your liquidity. It's got to be equal to about 10% of the loan amount after you close money in the bank. And then they're going to look at your experience. But what's awesome about multifamily real estate is you can satisfy it, – it's a team sport and you can just bring somebody on your team that satisfies those three requirements to go do a deal. And that's how everybody does this when they get started. They bring in what's called a sponsor and that person signs on the debt. They get 5%, 10 percent of the deal, whatever. And, and that's how you get started to get these deals on your resume and start building those three requirements. And we sponsor deals. In fact, I'm about to put it out on my podcast that people can submit deals to us to review and we're, we'll raise equity and get involved in deals. And, you know, um, several of my coaching clients are, you know, sponsor other students on deals. So it's just how everybody gets started. But but that's the importance of team because this really is a team sport and and. And that's how you get further faster. And I don't know about you, Scott, but I'll take 50% of something over 100% of nothing any day. Well said. Right? That's right. Thank you. So you heard it. So educate yourself, start kicking the tires on deals, focus on your market, and build a killer team. Awesome. Now, how about uh, finding a mentor? So you said, you know, about 18 years ago, you said you found Tony Robbins, um, and it came through in the mm -hmm. book that, you know, he's your mentor, someone you look up to. Um, do you he's, one of, he's one of them. Yeah. He's probably my biggest one, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had mentors throughout the years. I had that Gino guy. I was actually dating his daughter, which is how we met. Um, but, but yeah, you know, um, mentors are critical. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, find somebody in your local market or find a thought leader like me or someone like me that 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 has a mentorship program like I do. Um, very, I have a very very reasonable coaching program, um, and so you know. But but that that person will give you the little nuances and tips to again help you execute faster, get further faster, and and keep you from making mistakes. Okay, because you know mistakes will kill you. You make a you make a mistake on your first deal and it's a significant deal. There won't be a second deal. So, you know, someone like a mentor to look over your shoulder and make sure that that you um, that you move quickly, but 
smart. You know, you're not you're not you're not making mistakes. And so, you know, mentors are critical. I've had them and I have them now in, in different. You know, for example, I'm a I'm a member of three different masterminds. I spend sixty five thousand a year for those three masterminds. And I put on my own mastermind. In fact, I've got one coming up in August uh, in Vegas. There'll be about two billion dollars in in real estate equity, in real estate assets there. Um, and, you know, you want to be around people that can give you those little nuances, those little tweaks that can make all the difference in the world. Uh, I, You know, even with the education and the books and the courses, those people that have that real world experience that have done it, um, you know, like I, I've like I said, I'm a member of three masterminds and. I've probably made two to three million dollars from each one, in my pocket because of those relationships. And so, you know, I'm I'm a huge proponent of of the that mastermind dynamic, that mentoring dynamic, and that's just a group mentorship type situation. But but you want to find certainly individual mentors or coaches. Um, really, if you're serious about this or any business, be it multifamily real estate or entrepreneurship or personal development or even sports, they ever, you know, you get a coach because it makes all the difference in the world. And, and, um, you know, I've had coaches for decades mm -hmm. because they work. Yeah. Um, well, I, so. I think it's funny, you know, you, you come up in high school and you have all these teachers and professors. And if you play sports, you have coaches for those. But as soon as you leave, you know what happens, you know, it's on you. Right. And, and, it, and, and, and it's, and it's a mistake, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just about anybody that's successful has had mentors and coaches in their life. I mean, it just, just, just virtually everybody, frankly. Um, and there's, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's, it's silly, frankly. Um, so, uh, because it's all been done before. I don't care what it is you're doing. It's all been done before in some fashion. So, um, you know, utilize the incredible resources that are out there. Uh, and and get the help because if you're serious about moving quickly, yeah, you know, get the help. So, what's your best advice on a personal self-help book that you've read over the years that you really like? Personal self-help book. Um, and I know I, it, I love I love I love Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Okay. I, I I love that one. Um, I, I'll give you several. I I love uh, anything by Tony, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, not his recent stuff so much, but but. His original books, Unleash the Power Within, uh, which is the title of his signature initial event that you go to, which, by the way, if you can see Tony, guys, highly recommend it while he's still speaking. Give yourself that gift. He's incredible. Um, and I don't get anything for saying that. I'm not in his organization anymore. Um, but uh, let's see. Self-help books. Um, I love I love another Jack Canfield book, The Magic of Thinking Big. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, I, I wish I was doing this over in my other office because I've got my library behind me. Um, yeah. Well, I know I went to your event. You think, gave out a copy of Think and Grow Rich, too. Oh, yeah. Think and Grow. Yeah. Duh. I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody there got a copy of Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. That's a book if you haven't read, you must read. Mm -hmm. And if you have read, you must read again. <laughs> There's so many principles in that book. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me. My brain must have fallen out on the floor. Yeah, that's that's the that's the quintessential textbook for self-improvement. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, most of the other books, you know, took – uh, examples from that book. Uh, yeah, that's why I hand that out at my events because it's it's such an important book. Yeah, and he talks about masterminding that book. He talks about, you know, uh, uh, you know, having specialized knowledge, not being a generalist like like multifamily real estate is specialized knowledge. Whatever it is you're going to do, be a specialist, not a generalist. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he talks about uh, 
Well, anyway, yeah. a great book. Yeah. yeah, no, those are great recommendations. And I think, you know, just after going from your event, um, you know, we did a little meetup after the event down in Florida. My mother's living down there now. And, and a lot of people reach out to me, you know, via B- Bigger Pockets, hey, Rod's event worth it. And I'm like, you're asking the wrong question because they're, they're worried about ticket price. And, and, and my biggest takeaway, um, you know, besides the education standpoint f- from what you've, you've taught from, but it was the people that I've met, you know, developing those deep relationships with, you know, two to three people. And I have great friends who, who I speak to weekly still. Um, Lifelong friends. Yep. Yeah, and, and at my event, I force people to get up and network, and some of them are very uncomfortable. I mean, I make you get up and meet other people, and and you know those of you that are introverted and analytical really have a tough time with that, but you have to. Okay, life is a team sport. It's not just real estate or business or whatever. Life is a team sport. If you want to get further faster, it requires relationships, and so yeah, I I, I force people to get uncomfortable because frankly, the life you want is on the other side of comfort. Yeah. Great advice. All right, Rob. Well, thank you very much for today. You want to tell the listeners where the best place to reach out? I know you said a few times, but we'll just summarize real quick. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, check out my podcast. Uh, My podcast. If you're interested in real estate, check out. Even if you're not, frankly, because I do a clip on real estate every week with a you know someone that's done it, and somebody has bought a duplex to somebody that owns tens of thousands of units and everywhere in between. But I also do a clip on the psychology of success. I call them your driving force success tips, and those are really well received. So those are only eight minute clips. So if you want a little boost. You know, check those out. My website, uh, rodkleef.com, R-O-D-K-H-L-E-I-F.com, um, has tons of free resources, the books, articles, videos. Uh, it's got access if you're interested in my course and coaching program. You fill out a questionnaire and you, we'll set up a strategy call with you. And it's got links to the information on my live events. I'm going to be in Atlanta in August. I don't know when this episode will air, but I'll be in Atlanta in August. I'll be in uh, – I'm sorry. Chicago in August, Chicago in August, Atlanta in November, mm-hmm. and then Tampa in January. Those are the next three that are scheduled. And I'll probably go to New York second quarter next year. But come check, come meet me. I I, I promise you, you won't you won't regret it. Um, and um, yeah, so that's the, those are the best places to reach me. Great to hear. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Rod. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. It's great to see you again, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. And that wraps up today's interview with author Rod Cleef, who taught us that failures are just seminars. He also taught us about buying for cash flow instead of appreciation, the psychology of success and how Rod recovered from losing $50 million, why you should write down your goals and why you should visualize your goals, what success really is, how you can pick his book up for free, and how to develop key relationships. That's it for today. My name is Scott Hollister, your host. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and check us out on Facebook so you can stay up to date to the authors we're interviewing and the books we're reading. We'll see you next time.